versions, but it's powerful. Let's check it out, please. God bless you. Turn in your Bibles, two passages, 1 Kings chapter 17 and Genesis chapter 4. So uh, put, uh, open your Bibles to 1 Kings 17 and then put a marker at Genesis chapter 4. And what we're going to talk about this week in the Blessed Life series is the principle of first. And uh, just to let you know, the principle of the first is the most important message in the Blessed Life. Because if you don't get the first one right, the first, this principle, uh, nothing else is right. If God is first in your life, please hear this. If God is first in your life, everything will come into order. If God is not first, nothing will come into order. Your marriage, your health, your finances, your family, your job, your career, your ministry, nothing, nothing. And, and I'm so burdened about this. And so many people, every one of us here, every one of us would say, God's first in my life. <clears throat> and I don't mean this uh, sarcastically. I really don't. But my response should be, let me see your checkbook. And I can tell you what's first in your life because where your treasure is, there your heart is. So whatever's first in your checkbook, every time you get paid, that's where your heart is. And I know that you don't want it to be that way. I know you want God first in your life, but this is such a simple principle that every person can do. And, and, and as a pastor, I'm so burdened because I know that it'll change your life. I know it will. And so this is what tithing brings. These are the two things tithing brings, provision and protection. You give to God first, God will provide for you and protect you. You remember we read this two weeks ago in Malachi. He said, if you'll bring the tithe into the storehouse, I will open the windows of heaven, that's provision, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, that's protection. It's all through Scripture. All right, now go back to Genesis chapter 4. I just want to ask you as we go back to Genesis 4, because I want to show you back from the beginning about giving to God first. But I want to ask you something. We talked about provision and protection. If God said to you, now listen to me carefully. If God said to you, if you'll give me 10%, the first 10% of your income, I will bless you so that you'll actually make more money and I will stand at the door of your house and keep Satan out of it. Would you do it? He did say it. He said it. That's Malachi. I'll open the windows of heaven, pour out for you such blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. In other words, you'll make more. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. But do you know what? Just, let's just be honest. Some of you would still have to think about it. Because some of you don't do it. You don't do it. But it's right in the Bible. It's in the Bible, but you don't do it. So why don't you? Now, I, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just asking. It's, it's human nature to, to hoard. It's human nature to be afraid. You remember what Elijah said to her? Do not fear. You, you, you have to walk in faith. It takes faith to give the first one. It doesn't take faith to give the tenth one. God didn't say, wait till you have ten, you know, sheep and give me the tenth one. He said, give me the first one. It takes faith to tithe because it's the first ten percent, not the last ten percent. So why don't we do it? Well, all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. 
Now, let me tell you one thing before we read this. We're going to read the story of Cain and Abel. Many theologians, not, not, this, not, the, men, not the minority, the majority of, of scholars that have written on this subject believe that Cain and Abel were twins, okay? Now, I'm not saying if they were or not, because the Bible is not completely clear on it, but I'll show you why many theologians believe this, okay? Uh, Genesis 4, verse 1. Now, Adam knew his wife, Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. The Hebrew word here, bore, is delivered. And she delivered Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore or delivered again, this time his brother Abel. Just notice, this is why theologians believe it. It never says she conceived again. Never says Adam knew his wife again and she conceived again. And, and delivered Abel. It says she, she delivered Cain, and then she delivered Abel. She delivered again. So, I'm, I don't know whether, I mean, uh, I don't know if Cain and Abel were twins or not. When we get to heaven, you can ask Abel, okay? All right? I don't know, but I'm just telling you. And in the, okay. Uh, now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In other words, Abel was a rancher. Cain was a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, in other words, if you bring the offering the way I said to, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, now watch what happens if you don't bring the offering the way God says, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. In other words, you open the door to a lot of sin when you don't do it God's way. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. We know this story. And you've seen it, and I've shared this with you before. Abel brought firstborn. Cain didn't bring firstfruits. But here's what I want to ask. Why didn't he bring firstfruits? Why? Because this wasn't the first. This is the first offering recorded, but most theologians don't believe this is the first offering. So, I think it's because something was in his heart. So, I want to hear here are my two points. I have two points uh, today. One is the heart of Cain. Now, how would I know what, what's in Cain's heart? How would I know that? Well, here's the reason. Because the Bible has other scripture about Cain. There, there are several in the New Testament too, and let me just show you one of those, all right? Jude 11 says, and this is Jude, don't know, it has one chapter, so it's verse 11. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Now, I want you to notice it says the way of Cain, and then it talks about greed, Balaam and Kor, greed and rebellion. Can I tell you why we don't tithe? Really. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, please, 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 if you struggle, I'm not being condemning, but, but let's, let's find out why. Let's figure it out. What, what's causing you not to do it so that you could be blessed? Greed and rebellion. That's really what stops us from giving to God first, because we want more. We don't want to give up, and we're just going to do it our way, God. Now, that's what Cain did. You have to understand, again, 
we, we don't believe. I don't believe, and most theologians don't believe this first offering. I think he knew. He knew. Why? He, 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 for, he understood. It, it, it was so clear. He'd probably seen his, his, his uh, parents give uh, sacrifices. Th- listen, these aren't boys, by the way. These are grown men. They have jobs. They have occupations. They know how to run a business. One's running a ranch. One's running a farm. And in the process of time, at the end of the days, is what this reads from the Hebrew, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering to the Lord. Let me tell you, listen, listen, here's what Cain was saying. I'll bring it when I want, and I'll bring what I want. Now, you can't imagine how many people have told me that in different wording. They've said, Pastor, I give however I feel led. Well, the only problem with that is, is God tells us a way to give. That's saying, well, um, I, I love my way, I love my wife the way I feel led to love her. Well, let me tell you, the Bible tells you how to love your wife. Well, I, I honor my husband the way I want to honor him. No, the Bible tells you how to honor your husband. Well, well I, I, I do it just however I feel led. Listen, that is an excuse for rebellion. I, I'll give, Pastor, I'll give whatever I want. Whenever I want. That's Cain. Cain said, I know I'm supposed to give the first, but I'll give it however I want, whenever. And then here's the great thing about God, because some people say, I don't think Cain knew it. I do think he he knew it. I I really do, because Scripture bears that out. But even if if Cain didn't know, God came to him and said, hey, what, what do you have said about? If you do it the way I tell you to, okay, let's say you didn't know. From now on, you need to understand you need to, and you know what Cain did? He just got bitter. And he began to blame Abel. Okay, my sacrifice wasn't accepted because Abel's was. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that feel that way and that walk that way. Well, what's wrong in my life is because of what he did. No, what's wrong in your life is because of what you did. Because even if what he did's wrong, how did you respond? And here's what the Bible teaches. If a guy does me wrong and I respond right, God blesses me. God, God will take care of me, even if someone else does something wrong. But a, Cain's attitude and heart is, I'm going to blame someone else for, why my, what, for what's rolling on in my life, and I just want you to know something, God, I'll do it whenever I want, and I'll do it however I want. And it's very clear in Scripture that we're to give the first 10% to the church. But somehow, we want to get, do it our own way. Uh, this is a good scripture. I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation because I really like the way it reads. Proverbs 19.3 says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. You want me to read that one again? Or you don't want me to read that one again? <laughs> people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Now, just so we know, we're to give first fruits. A couple of scriptures, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. By the way, I just want you to notice that he says, honor the Lord with your first fruits, with your possessions. That goes back to the heart. And then Exodus 23, 19 says, the first of the first fruits. That's just in case there was any uh, question about it. <clears throat> The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. That's any, that settles any question about where you give it, where you bring it. 
Okay, and here's number two, the heart of Abel. Let's look at the heart of Abel here. How do we know the heart of Abel? Because the Bible tells us there are other scriptures that tell us about Abel. Hebrews 11:4. by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. I want you to notice the word gifts. It wasn't just one. It was more sacrifices than just one. And through it, he being dead still speaks. Abel was a man of faith. That's what the Bible says. By faith, he offered. It takes faith to give God the first 10%. It doesn't take faith to pay your bills and then give to God. And what God is saying is, if you'll recognize me first, I'll give a miracle. See, it, did not, it would not have taken any faith at all for the widow to say, well, let me make something for my son and me first. And then if there's enough left over, I'll make something for you. Elijah said, no, no, do it for me first. Put the kingdom of God first and watch what happens to your provision. This is a, this is a principle. It's all through Scripture. So let me give you just a few. Joshua six nineteen. This is talking about when they took Jericho. But, but all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated, are set apart to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And another verse says the Lord's house. So this is, again, it goes to the church, but I want you to notice. And here's the point, though. You say, well, it didn't say 10% of the silver and gold. It said all of it. Well, it's very simple. Why? Jericho was the first city in the promised land. What God was saying was, if you'll give me the first, I will protect you and provide for you as you take the rest of the land. That's always what tithing is about. It's about God's provision and God's protection. Uh, Genesis 22. It's just a few chapters from where you are in Genesis 4. If you want to flip over, you can. This is a story of Abraham and Isaac. God asked Abraham for his firstborn son of the promise. He didn't ask for, hey, have 10 sons and then give me one. Give me the first one when he only had that one as far as the promise, and that was the promise for more. Watch what happened, and we know God stopped him, but watch what happened when he stopped him. Genesis 22, verse 10, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Now watch these words carefully. For now I know, now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then... Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. This is Jehovah Jireh in the Hebrew. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Okay, notice when he was willing to give his first to God, God provided and, watch this, protected. God's provision didn't come until he gave his first. Then not only did God's provision come, but God's protection came. All through Scripture, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, we went back, Cain and Abel, the firstborn and first fruits. 
it says that Cain was offended. Cain was offended that God wouldn't accept his offering. Can I tell you something that many people have never thought of? You remember we talked a while back when our series on eternity and about how people say, well, how could a loving God send someone to hell? And I said, let's get a different perspective. How could anyone reject a loving God? Okay, let me give you a little different perspective on God not accepting Cain's offering and Cain being offended. Maybe you've never thought about this. God was offended. God was offended because Cain was not giving his best. He wasn't sacrificing his first. And I'm going to tell you why it offended God. The firstborn and first fruits. All through Scripture, we give the firstborn, we give the first fruit. It represents the tithe. But can I tell you, again, everything in the Old Testament represents something new. Do you know what the firstborn and the first fruits represent in the New Testament? <laughs> Jesus. Look at these scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And Colossians 1, 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. God knew that the firstborn and the first fruits represented the sacrifice of his son. Abel comes and gives the firstborn with a pure heart. Cain comes from the rebellious heart, said, I'm not giving the firstfruits. I'll give whenever and however I want to. And God said, I don't accept that. Because you need to understand something, son. There's going to come a day when I give my firstfruits and my firstborn for you. You know, the most famous verse in the Bible John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Okay, I'd like to just paraphrase it just a little bit in relationship with this. For God so loved the world, He gave His only firstborn, firstfruits, highest and best gift for the world. So if God would give you His best Why wouldn't we give him our best? Powerful, powerful. So, the Word of God is the precepts. The, the Bible says, we're nearly done. The precepts is the Word of God. That's the truth. That's what gives us our concepts of how we live our life and the concepts of what the truth means. But if you don't understand the, the precepts as, as they're truly intended to, to be, you then have a wrong concept. And one of the wrong concepts is that he explained very brilliantly is that, you know, that we don't have to give the best, the tithe, um, and, and that we can give it when we want. That's, that's a wrong concept. He's pointed out quite clearly from the precepts, from the Word of God, that the first belongs unto God. Amen? So that sets our foundation up for protection and provision. Amen? Once you've got the right concept, not a misconcept, uh, it, it helps tremendously. The, the other thing is, is that, um, so we're going to confess something here in the moment. We're going to confess a prayer, um, and it's powerful. And it's a prayer of prosperity. Here's the other thing. 
once you've got your tithe sorted, and all the, the people that I know that are do well in life uh, tithe, and, and they're blessed for it. It's just, it's just what we do. It's our culture. I know the world says you need more. I know the world says be greedy. I know the world says we don't have enough. But God, He is more than enough. He's El Shaddai, amen? Um, here's the other thing is that I believe God wants to prosper us. Absolutely. And this is about investing. This is our gifts that we give beyond the tithe. This is like when we give uh, to worthy causes, compassion, um, Nairobi, church plant, driveway, $1,000. I think we're up to about $5,000 in the driveway. This is, this is the investment part because the Bible says in tithes and offerings, we worship God. So when we're moved by our heart, then we have an opportunity not just to give our tithe. By the way, we don't give our tithe. We return it. It's not ours. You don't buy shoes with it. You don't buy ice creams with it. You don't buy a hamburger with it. The tithe belongs to God. We have people that don't hardly even come to church, but their tithe comes in regularly. It comes in by automatic debit, and it just comes in. And that is fantastic. They understand that this is a God principle. They understand that this is a truth, and they want to honor God. Although they might struggle to get to church, they still tithe. In fact, secular business people, some of the most outstanding secular entrepreneurial business people, tithe to worthy causes in the community. And they know that, that it's incumbent on them to do that. Because they're blessed, like Bill Gates or any of those guys, they, they're blessed and they know that they need to give back. That can happen. But God has a plan for our finances. And the finances that we have, there's, there's a portion, a tithe, that goes back for the gospel. We understand that, don't we? But then there's the offerings. The offerings are free will offerings. It's what we give in the moment. It's what we give when we're prompted. It's what we give when the Lord maybe gives us an opportunity and it's powerful. And in that, we prosper. What you sow, you reap. If you sow a seed, huh. we, we think by just giving to God, uh, it's just our duty or, or, or it's just a, our gesture, but it's actually an amazing, it sets off an amazing principle of sowing and reaping. Bad illustration, but young girls find out that when another man invests in them, that they fall pregnant. They go, how did that happen? Well, you took the investment of seed into your life. Man, how did, how did this happen? And when we give our finances to God, you can absolutely expect to be blessed. And in fact, I believe in our Western world that we should anticipate and deliberately sow to believe for multiplication. Genesis 1, 28 thereabouts, it says that he has sent us here. This is the original mandate that he's called us to multiply. Even the Muslims understand that. They have so many kids. But we're called here to multiply that which we have. 
You cannot multiply that which you have if you don't give it and sow it in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, let's, let's just declare this confession because the world says that we don't have enough. This is the culture wars that we're dealing with. Some might say that we just give to God and it's up to Him to do what He wants. No, we need to believe that we shall prosper. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. And let them say continually, The Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of His servant. Can you see that? 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. And here's the scripture I was talking about, Genesis 1.28. And this is where I believe in our, in our environment, in our community where we live, because we have resources, I believe it's our responsibility to sow it well that we might multiply that and do very well so that we can be blessed, as it says in Genesis 12, 2, blessed to be a blessing. Genesis 1, 28 says, be, God blessed them, and God said to them, see three, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful with your finances, sow it, multiply it, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.